the college football experience, Texas state Bobcat season preview on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, New Jersey, and Virginia from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's propswap.com promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by underdog. Make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a free $25. Yes. You can use the uh, free $25 to enter their best ball mania Two. First place in best ball mania Two gets a million dollars. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at a million dollars. Drafts are happening constantly, and it's not just NFL. They also have NBA, MLB, and more. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN for your chance to win a million dollars. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, of course. Don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. This is Brian Bosworth, a.k.a. The Boz, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Peace out. Boz out. Welcome. Welcome to the college football experience, Texas State Bobcats season preview. My name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick, this is a pick. And I'm joined by the DFS God himself. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making, tobacco road living, the free lock giving, former, former Herndon Basketball League MVP, good one for NC, Nick in the place to be. What's up, man? How we doing? Sunbelt fun belt, baby. That's why I'm here. That's my conference, man. Uh, and we are talking, talking, talk sing. Uh, Texas State Bobcat football. Jake Spavadol enters year three. Really, when you look back at this team, I thought they were the best, worst team in, in all of college football because this is a team that uh, almost beat SMU out the gate. SMU goes on to have a winning season. Uh, loses in double overtime to UTSA, a team that made a bowl. Uh, then they they whooped ass against ULM. But then they should have beat Boston College. They were up like 99% of the game against Boston College, ended up losing it. Uh then after that, yes, they had some they had some bad performances. It seemed like the wheels kind of fell off. I know COVID was an issue with Brady McBride and some other members of this team. Uh, but yeah, after that, yeah, yeah, you play you lost to Louisiana Lafayette only by 10, lost to Georgia Southern only by two, lost to Coastal Carolina by what uh, that was a that was an ass whooping, but beat Arkansas state as well. So only two wins on the season. But I think if anyone watched Texas state football, you saw there was first off, there was offensive talent. 
and we'll touch on that in a little bit. And you saw like with well, the makings of like they could be good. They got to get better defensively, but you saw flashes. I thought. Uh, what'd you make of the Bobcats season a year ago? Yeah, I mean, you had five games against quality opponents that came down pretty much to the wire. You know, they were either one score or at least you know ten points or under finishes. So they were right there with a lot of good teams. Uh, you know, it's no surprise here. They have a very good offense and they have a very bad defense and they need to at least balance that out a little bit. If they're gonna, you know, have a shot at, you know, going bowling here this coming year. Yeah. And, and uh, Jacob Peeler, the OC as uh look, I, I think when you look at it and say seven starters back four on the offensive line. That's huge because I, the real problem here was Brady McBride had was out with COVID a couple games. I saw flashes in Brady McBride. I call him JP Lossman jr. Nick um, just, he has that little, you know, and one style game, but I think he could be a player. He's a Memphis transfer. Uh, and then, I mean, the real thing is the receivers really stood out last year. I know they lost to one, but they do bring back Marcel Barbie. This guy was a stud last year and uh, Javon banks is back. He started four games before getting out for the season. I think this offense is going to roll. Yes, definitely. They're going to be just as good as last year, if not better. Well, what's crazy? The the offensive line, the key thing about the offensive line is getting back both tackles and both tackles were all sunbelt performers. Usually, you know, the interior of the offensive line, the guard center positions, that's a little bit easier to find guys that you can plug in. You get both tackles back your, your quarterback, your, your best running back, Brock Sturges, that baller receiver, Marcel Barbie. Yeah. There's a lot to like about this offense. It's going to be tough for defenses to slow them down. And, and like I said, Javion Banks, uh, Javion Banks was was a starter for four games before getting out for the year, and then also Waydale Jones, a uh, a transfer from Wake Forest who opted out last year. He's going to be in the mix. Uh, the offense charted. I know the stats can be somewhat. They were 69th in scoring, 96th running the ball, 56th passing the ball, 85th overall. You would expect that to improve. I think a lot of that is based on the inconsistency of, of lineups. I, I think it, it's sure. probably like a top 55 offense, top 60 offense in my opinion, but uh, defensively, this is the gaping problem we have here. The gaping hole. They're bringing back eight starters and they're also bringing in a nice defensive tackle. Nicholas McCann from Texas tech who, uh, you know, played in four games last season, had 48 tackles, six uh, six, six for loss uh, in his 38 game career at Texas tech. They were 116th in scoring defense, 113th against the run, 112th against the pass, 125th overall, not good for Zach Spavadol. <laughs> tough, no, it is not. tough on the brother there, Zach. Uh, they gotta, they gotta fix something. Now they, they do have anybody else and, and he would have been fired, but I, I don't think Jake wanted to fire his brother, the DC. That's when you go get the brother drunk and you say, Hey man, look, we got some things we're working on. Even if you don't have anything you're working on. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, but I will say this cornerback, Jaron Morris, uh, all sunbelt honors in 2020. He is back. They're going to need him. They're going to need this Texas tech transfer. Uh, they're going to need a uh, Nico is a Dory who had three and a half sacks a season ago. Um, I think the defense just has to be better based off of bringing back that many and bringing in a couple transfers that are key. I mean, I don't think they're going to be drastically better, but I think they will be improved. Um, I don't know. Do you think so? 
I do. I also think like this team did honestly have COVID issues. So continuity was an issue all year for this team. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But still they gave up a lot of points to, and you know, like even the one, one of their wins was Arkansas state where they won 47 to 45 Arkansas state last year had no business putting up 45 points on anybody, you know, well, well, that, uh, they had, they, they were depleted by COVID too. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. Sure. I actually think Arkansas state was much better than uh than what their final record indicated because of their COVID issues. Right. Right. I don't know. I mean, they, there's a decent amount of people returning, but I mean, it seems like this year, like most defenses have more than eight people returning. So there's not a ton of guys. Uh, yeah. I mean, they get, you know, a Texas tech transfer, uh, but they also lose a couple of transfers as well. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of faith in uh, the, the defensive coordinator just cause I don't know him that well. And he, his track record is not very good. So um, I think you're making a little bit of a leap to assume that the defense is going to get that much better. I don't know about that much better. I just think it's got to be better. Um, <laughs> it can't be much worse. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm saying with continuity, it's going to improve, and uh, and also I think bringing in some transfers, and I also think their ground game using the clock to your advantage. Some they got Brock Sturgis, uh, you know, in that backfield, run the ball a little, little better, and uh, some things might happen. But yeah, they, look, I want to hit on the transfer portal for a second. They brought in defensive end Jordan Mitchell from Georgia Southern. They brought in a Missouri corner and Chris Mills. They brought in a Pittsburgh offensive tackle. Now I, I know that's not the defensive side of the ball, but uh, Liam Dick. Uh, they brought a, a, a defensive lineman Nick Full, uh, defensive lineman Nick Fullwilder uh, from Arkansas. So they went out to some pretty big schools. A Utah linebacker Graham Faluna. They they went out after some b- pretty big schools and, and landed some uh, some some pieces that could perhaps uh, contribute on this defense. And they even, I mean, they 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 they, they have a ton of transfers on this team. Surprise. It's tough to say. It's tough to say. I mean, you're like, oh, you know, a uh, a pit transfer, a Utah transfer, like that, you know, they, they should be pretty good, right? Maybe not if they're third or fourth on the depth chart. Who knows? I mean, we you know, we don't know those guys specifically, but I see your point. You know, I think you know, bringing in uh, some fresh faces can only help because the guys that were there last year obviously weren't getting the job done. So I guess, you know, if uh if if you're a Texas State fan, you might have optimism that instead of being the worst defense in the Sun Belt, maybe they they move up a couple, you know, notches and, and with that kind of offense, maybe that's all you need. You don't need to have the best defense in the Sun Belt. You just need a mediocre one. All I know is in the Sun Belt it was tough, but when they scheduled the ACC, they held Boston College to 24 points. That's the typical Boston College game, you know. <laughs> I mean, some out of conference opponent that you never heard of and and Boston College just barely gets a win. I mean, that's just typical BC. Uh, I think this, th- this team is heading in the right direction. I don't know if it's going to be this year. Cause if you look at this team, it's still very young. Um, let's see what year three for, for Spavital. Yeah. Year's year three. But if you look, you know, McBride, their quarterback, sophomore Brock Sturgis, their running back, sophomore uh, Marcel Barbie jr. Uh, I think next year might be the one, even their O line, only one senior on the O line. This team only has one senior starting in on the offense. Projected started in the offense and d- defensive. Yeah. Defensively, they have zero seniors. Zero seniors projected to be starters. So what you want to see is just kind of continual baby steps. You know, I don't know if this is the year where they make a big splash, but I think what you want to see, and you know, we'll get into the schedule here, but you want to see getting close to five hundred here, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think they're going to be, this offense is going to be able to compete with, with, uh, with anybody. I think that's, um, no, that, that's never been a problem. We were joking, you know, before the show that, you know, if things don't get turned around Spavital, even if he gets fired here, he will be quickly, very quickly scooped up as an offensive coordinator somewhere because he has brought a lot of life to that Bobcat offense. And I think I don't think he should be fired after this year, especially after COVID. No, I think you got to give him I'm two more saying, years. I'm yeah. not saying that either. I'm not saying that. Give him a couple of years, see what he does. Because I agree. I think. I mean, look, no, no, nobody was going to walk into Texas State and automatically, you know, become a winner. So I think uh, the trajectory is on the right path. So give him a couple more years, see what happens. And I mean, honestly, if you look at uh, take Everett Withers, you know, his final season, they were getting their ass kicked in a lot of games. Um, so uh, last year showing up and actually, yeah, you didn't win those ones, but you were much more competitive. Uh, let's get to the schedule. The win total sitting at, I was a little surprised at the four and a half win total. I kind of thought it would be three, three and a half. Were you shocked by that at all? It definitely makes you think. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, especially what going, what two and 10 or two and nine or two something. And, two, and ten, two and 10, yeah. two and 10, two and 10 a year ago. But uh, you know, Vegas is not dummies. If they had a, a a win total that was smaller. I think people would, would be smashing that over just seeing like how close they played teams like BC or UTSA, Louisiana, et cetera. So yeah. And I, it's, it's probably right where the line should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you get, let's get into the schedule here because week one, they're hosting in San Marcos, Texas at Bobcat stadium. They are hosting the Baylor bears. Look, I know we're all going to take Baylor, but I thought that was kind of a sneaky game. Cause I was like, man, if, if Baylor doesn't have their offensive uh, problems fixed because they, you know, Charlie Brewer's gone. And they're struggling to find a quarterback. I know the offensive line seemed to be a weak point of that Baylor Bear team. Uh, it just, I mean, obviously they're a Big Twelve team. They should win this game, but I think Texas State's going to be able to put up some points and really challenge that Baylor offense that was not that good last year. And that's game one. Brand new OC yeah. Jeff Grimes coming in from BYU. Like I said, you don't have a quarterback. Your old line struggling. I think this might be a, a shootout. Yeah, I mean Baylor is a little bit, you know, Boston College like, you know, where they're not going to just put up fifty on you know, on Texas State just like that. They don't have that, you know, a high powered offense like that. So um, yeah, I, we're all going to pick Baylor to win, but uh, this game could be closer than a lot of people think. I'm not sure if I've seen the line yet. Um, if if you have it out there though, especially at home, you know, it's a it's kind of a, a strange road trip for Baylor. But uh, especially with Texas State playing that game at home, I think they can hang tight here. I think it might be a close one again. Three of the final four games by Baylor, they had twenty-three points or less. Yeah. So I mean, look, look at this. I mean, three points, fourteen points, twenty-three points, twenty-three points, sixteen points, twenty-one points. I'm telling you, if if they are just putting up those numbers, which obviously going up against uh, Texas State's defense, they should be able to put up better than those numbers. But right. Texas State's offense is going to be able to. I think they will have some success uh, against Baylor. Um, yeah, we're taking Baylor. Uh, this is an interesting one here. Uh, week two, they traveled down to uh, to Miami to take on FIU, the Florida International Panthers. This is a weird game. Like I, I picked FIU on on my FIU pod, I believe, but. I thought this one, I think if you're a Texas state fan and you want to, if you want a bowl game, this is one you need. 
This is one you need. FIU had a, a crazy season a year ago though. I think they were much better this year than uh, what we saw last year. They didn't have the same offensive line. I, I, they were starting defensive linemen on the offensive line. And I believe they had three or four different quarterbacks get starts. It was a mess down at FIU last year, but I think they're actually much better this year than people realize. I'm going to give a slight edge to FIU here, but I do expect this to be a one score game. Yeah. You know, uh, FIU has also has a, a win total of four and a half. It tells you kind of these two programs are pretty much on the same level. Uh, I think the fact that it's at Florida international is a big advantage, but kind of like Baylor. I mean, who knows what the FIU quarterback situation is going to look like. I always try to squeeze the name in there. You know, Max Bortenschlager, who is uh, <laughs> the, the projected starting quarterback for the, the Panthers of Ma- FIU Ma- Maryland transfer. Yeah. But uh, that offense has a lot of, of, of question marks. I well, do think the FIU defense is good. They're going to be much improved this year, but offensively, and I, they, they might have to, you know, keep pace. They have a couple Texas good State. running backs, though. And I, when you see Texas State's run defense finish to one thirteen, they're going to be tested in this game because uh, I, FIU has a couple good running backs that could really open it up. Yeah, uh, uh, along with uh, four st- uh, returning offensive linemen. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about that run game against the the poorest Texas State Bobcat defense. I favor FIU here. Yeah, yeah, I favor uh, FIU. O and two start. Then they they welcome an incarnate word of the FCS. Uh, this is one you look back at a season ago for incarnate word. They weren't uh, horrible, but they did give up 75 to Nichols. But they played Southeast Louisiana. It was a top twenty team, pretty tough. Uh, or they beat them. They beat them actually, a top twenty team a season ago. This should be a win for Texas State, though. Um, give me uh, that. They're going to get off the Schneid on that one on Saturday, September eighteenth. Yeah, definitely. There, there's your win. You're one and two, and then you're gonna, you know face your last out of conference opponent. And it would, it would really be nice if Texas state could go two and two out of conference. I, I think they win this next one. They, they got to go up to uh, uh, Eastern Michigan here and you splant the year, whatever. How do I say that? Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti, uh, Michigan. And I, you know, I'm a Chris Creighton guy. However, I think Texas state's athleticism is going to be a problem for Eastern Michigan. I got Texas state in the upset. It's an interesting game, you know, just because I think it's two schools that are kind of different styles. You know, Eastern Michigan is more of that you know, that run heavy, physical uh, Midwestern uh, game, and Texas State's just aerated out. Um, if you're looking at Eastern Michigan, uh, yeah, they do return like over ninety percent of their roster, and they got that Cincinnati transfer Ben Bryant coming in at quarterback. Uh, defensively, they were awful last year, but they do have I think ten of eleven starters coming back. It's going to be an interesting game here, but I think between Florida International and Eastern Michigan, I think Texas State gets at least one of those. So I agree. I do have them two and two out of conference. There we go. And then they get a bye week to focus on South Alabama in San Marcos. And I am calling for a th- uh, th- three wins in a row. I think they take down South Alabama and San Marcos, but I do expect this to be a game. Last year they lost by ten in Mobile. This one's in San Marcos, South Alabama, breaking in a new coach in Kane Womack. Uh, I'm on. I'm on the upset here. Yeah, I think Womack is kind of starting with a clean slate, which means the Texas State program is slightly ahead of South Alabama. 
uh, especially with the game at home. I like Texas state there as well. So we both have at three and two. Yes. And now this next one, I think once again, like, just like you circled the FIU one, I think this is your, one of the ones you have to circle. Cause I think it's winnable, but I would favor Troy. Uh, I got Troy. The, the Troy Trojans are coming into Bobcat Stadium. The, these teams played a, a year ago. They lost at Troy, thirty-seven to seventeen. Troy got hit with some tough. Some of their some some good players of theirs bounced out on the transfer portal. I think Troy's still the better team, but I think if you're Texas State's never gone to a bowl. <laughs> if you're gonna make a bowl, you got to either win the FIU or the Troy game. Yeah, yeah, maybe both. Uh, maybe probably both. Right, but I think so far we're we're kind of giving Texas State uh, the majority of those fifty-fifty games. So I'm going to lean Troy here. Yeah, I'm going it's Troy even, too. Yeah. Even up the record, three and three, three and three. Then they they got back to back away games here at Georgia State. Uh, I'm high on Georgia State. I think Georgia State gets it done. Uh, they did not play a season ago, so I have nothing to base that off of. But I I uh, I just think Georgia State's going to be a tough team this year. Yeah, I agree. I think both these road trips are tough, and I think they're going to drop them both. Uh, he's referring to the second one at Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. There's no way they win this one, even though they. Pl- I mean, I guess Louisiana only won by ten a season ago, but that was uh, in San Marcos. This one is in uh, Cajun Field, and I guess with that offense, you always have a puncher's chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we got him sitting at three and f- what six? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Three and six there. We got them losing to Lafayette, Georgia State, Troy. Uh, three and five. Uh, FIU and Baylor. Three yeah. and five. Yeah, three and five. They come back to San Marcos for homecoming uh, uh, against ULM and Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez. Which, you know, it's it's a sneaky. I like obviously I like them to beat ULM, but I do think by November UL, ULM might start to turn that corner. I still think they're better than ULM. I'm 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 taking Texas State to grab their fourth win here. Yeah, I mean, you know if. If you were going to think about an over at all, you are circling this as a win. This is a must-win for Texas State at home. I do think they're better than ULM right now. After that, they welcome Georgia Southern in the triple option. And uh, trust me, if your run defense is 113th and you got to place, you got to play Georgia Southern. I'm not taking you. Give me Georgia yeah, Southern. Now, now, last year, Georgia Southern only won 40 to 38 at home. That's true. So it's not a foregone conclusion, uh, but I do agree with you. I'll go Georgia Southern as well. Uh, after that, once again, another set of back-to-back away games at Coastal Carolina at Brooks Stadium uh, in Conway. I am uh, going with the Chanticleers here. As am I. Now this is the one. This is your win total right here. Final game of the year, back-to-back away, like I mentioned, Saturday, November twenty-seventh at Arkansas State, the Red Wolves. Uh, Centennial Bank Stadium in Jonesboro. Unfortunately, I am on Arkansas State. I think it's going to be a dandy of a game, though. Yeah, I think they get reve- uh, revenge from last year. They lost uh, what just like a two or three pointer at Texas State last year. Arkansas State is going to be better this year. They could be improved. It's also the second of the back-to-back road trip for Texas State. Uh, yeah, I have Arkansas State, which means I have the under for the Bobcats. I have the under as well, uh, but I think if you beat Florida International week two, or upset Baylor, or upset Troy, I expect that over to cash. It's definitely possible. That's why I said I think the lines, you know, right where it should be. Uh, by no means is this a lock. I would stay away from betting this, uh, just because that Texas State offense is legit. Uh, so yeah, there's a chance. 
if you win, they could win five. They could e- maybe even win six and yes. sneak into a bowl game. Yes, you FIU Incarnate Word Eastern Michigan. That's three. South Alabama four. They could beat Troy five, and ULM would be six, or even Arkansas State. You could make a case where they could win seven games. Now that would be every fifty-fifty game for the most part, but right. it happens sometimes. So I don't know. I mean, uh, they've never been to a bowl. I don't think it's going to be this year, but I, I think next year. So what's a successful season? I think if you're four four and eight, you're happy. You're still happy. Yeah, because yeah, because you're still making, like I said, baby steps, right? Yeah. And next year you got everyone back for the most part, assuming they don't transfer. And that's uh, the year. That's the year that you circle and say we're going bowling in 2022, right? Yes, 100. percent I think even COVID set them back a year. So yeah. A hundred percent there. We agreed on too much on that one, but guys uh, look, uh, me and NC Nick are saying you take the under Jake Spavin, although I think might be the right guy for the job. Be patient down there in San Marcos. uh, So, you know, just give, give, give the guy some time. All right. Give the guy some time. Uh, guys, if you're a first time listener to the college basketball experience, make sure you subscribe because uh, we are, I mean the college football experience, my apologies. Uh, we're breaking down all 130 teams. All right. We're going to have an episode for every single college, ba- college football team and college basketball team actually. Uh, but God, I can't talk right now. Uh, s- subscribe. We already got every, uh, almost every team. Uh, we're at the end of the, the list here alphabetically. Texas is out there. A lot of these teams, coastal Carolina, Arkansas state, you can go listen to those episodes. BYU from a season ago, they played. Uh, We have you covered on the college football experience as we break down all 130 college football teams. Now, I also want you to subscribe to the college basketball experience. Yes. Cause Texas state decent program there in the sunbelt, Nick head coach, Terrence Johnson heading into his second season there in San Marcos. Maybe, maybe they can make some noise. Maybe they I think can, the, I think the, the athletic program in general is doing some things down there. Yeah. So subscribe to the college basketball experience. Uh, we'll break down the Sun Belt soon over there. Uh, we talk college basketball year round over there. We talk college football year round over here. Yes. Me, Patty C NC, Nick, we've handicapped every single division one college football and college basketball game for the past four years. We've never had a losing season ever it, independently for each sport. Uh, we're also way over 500 on our, on our locks. We give you all of that uh, for free on the SGPN app, which you can download for free at the app store and Google play store. If you grab that app, do us a solid, leave us a five-star review, say some kind things about us in the app store review spot place, whatever you want to say. And if you do take a screenshot of your review, find me on Twitter at the Colby D show me that review. And I will send you a college experience t-shirt brand spanking new with the new logo and everything at the Colby D Patty C's on Twitter, Patty C eight, three, one NC Nick here on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K and the college football experience on, on Twitter at TCE on SGPN and the sports gambling podcast network is on Twitter at DSGP network. Check out the Slack channel sports gambling podcast as well. All right, folks, we are on Texas state and the under, but we'll be rooting for the Texas state Bobcats. This is the college football experience, Texas state style. You better start thinking about yours. 